Hello everybody, my name is John Coleman and welcome to episode 10 of the Little Isle Ireland Big Games, Big Players. Well, as you can tell, my voice isn't in the best of condition. It's been giving me trouble for about a week now and uh, my problems were exacerbated by a school tour I was on in Barcelona from Wednesday until Saturday. Um, that also meant I didn't get to see as many games as I usually do over the weekend, but I still got down to park on Sunday to watch the two county semi-finals. I got to watch Father O'Neill's and Bright Rovers on the stream and obviously I kept up to date with all the other games um, through the outstanding coverage from the Irish Examiner, the Evening Echo and C103. Um, this week I also have a few less interviews as a result of all of that but you know there's just so much to talk about and I'm so looking forward to talking about what was a fabulous weekend of hurling in Cork again um, we started the year with 60 teams in our 12 grades across the hurling championships and now we're down to the final 10 so in the Premier Senior Final it's going to be St Finbars versus Black Rock probably apt in the first season of the Little All Ireland that we're getting a clash um, that is so associated with the the Little All-Ireland uh, in the Premier Senior Final. In the Senior A Championship, we're going to be looking at Fraud O'Neill's versus Corsi Rovers. Castle Martyr will play in Ascara in the Premier Intermediate Final. Cladove and Dungourney will play in the, immediate, in the Intermediate A Hurling Final, while Tracton and Ballygiblin will clash in the Premier Junior Championship Final. Um, I call this week's episode Big Games, Big Players, because I think what you saw across the weekend was that the big players stood up for teams. Now, in some cases, those big performances weren't enough to get a win for their teams. But it was the, in general, it was the team who got the most out of their best. The teams that got the most out of their best players that got over the line and got into the finals. Like if you look at the bars, you've Ben Cunningham hitting one ten, Connor Carlan hitting one four, you know Brian Hayes hitting one four, Eaton Toomey hitting three points. You know that spread of scores there was huge for them, and we'll obviously talk about that in a minute. Even for Newtown, you Carl Nocton, you know Connor Brian, Timmy Manny, and Jamie Cardin getting out of their scores. Blackrock versus Immachilly, you had Alan Candy, Robbie Cotter, Ty DC, and Michael Halloran hitting 315 off play, and then you Robbie Flynn getting seven off play for Aaron's own. Down the grades, you you know, Decky Dalton and Billy Dunn hit 113 between them for O'Neill's. Sean Toomey got four goals for Corsi Rovers. Um, Marina Scarra, Sean O'Donoghue got five points. In l- losing a game, Anthony Splang got 2 3 for Castle Lions. While Barry Lawton and Mike Kelly hit 12 points off play for them for Castle Martyr in the same game. Going further down the grades, the Verlings got 115 for Cladove, Lee Moshe got 18 for uh, Liz Gould, you'd Ryan Denny and Jack Lee hitting 13 between them for Dungourney, Barry Giblin, Dara Flynn coming off the bench to get 4 points, and even for Russell Rovers, even though they lost, Bud Hartley got 1 4 as well. And for Tracton, Ronald Watch got 112. You know, so you those big players standing up across the weekend. Um, to try and make the difference for their teams. And it's time here to make a name for yourself, time here to make yourself a hero. When it comes to the finals, we'll all be looking to the big teams from, excuse me, the big players from all the big teams to stand up and win the games. But it could be somebody new that could step step, step up into the fold as well and make a name for yourself forever. There's going to be plenty of surprises. And uh, it's great to be down to the, the finals now and there's so much to look forward to. So we're going to start with Blackrock versus Aaron's own. And I've been seeing... I said for a while now that Blackrock were beginning to look a bit ominous in the senior championship. Not because they were playing well, but because of the way they were going about and getting their results. There was the way they beat Sars in their first game. You know, Alan Connolly winning the game in five minutes in injury time, you know, going from four points down to, to winning that game. The way they beat Charleville in a really, really tight, tough game that really saw them go to the well and see what they were made of. Then in the McKilly game, they looked beaten with you know 10, 15 minutes to go came back, you know, a bit of class from Robbie Cotter, get the goal that they needed to force extra time. Probably should have won it in extra time, but still, 
did enough to win on penalties to get to the semi-final and that's such a huge thing for them you know they got to the semi-final stage without playing anywhere near to their potential you know I'd said earlier as well you know the Ty DC caught fire again a bit against Charleville I'd said that Daniel Meany hadn't you know maybe found his form from a couple of years ago that's all changing now they're all improving they're all finding their form they were also in the last four without Alan Conley going anywhere near to where he can play and you know that change and that change as well at the weekend so it's slowly coming together for them um you know what they probably couldn't believe in the game on sunday was the space that aaron's own in front uh, allowed in front of alan Conley and robbie cotter you know from the neutral it, it looked crazy to leave two players of that caliber with that much space in front of them and it reminded me of uh, conversations i used to have with my old friend uh, stevie mccarthy from balanasic about the battle for space in a game of hurling you know if you lose that battle um and it, 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 it ends up hurting you at both ends of the field because if you allow your the opposition forwards too much space your backs are under pressure and it also seems to have the knock-on effect of crowding your forwards and that very much you know they don't as and they don't have enough space to operate in to get the scores that they need um and that was very much what seemed to happen to Aaron Zone in the game on Sunday. Like, and you could see what Aaron Zone were doing. They are probably trying to go man for man. And to do that, you need a lot to go right. It's something we you know, often saw Kilkenny do, particularly in replays over Tipperary down the years. But you're dancing with the devil, really, with that tactic. And for it to work, you probably need to get ahead and get ahead by a good bit. Because the further you get ahead, the more pressure it puts on the opposition and the more... Um, importance it puts on those individual bat- battles so let's say if Aaron Zone managed to go up seven six seven eight points rattling a couple of early goals all of a sudden those one-on-one battles in the inside you know between the Aaron Zone inside back line and the uh, back rock inside forward line become more important become more frenetic and everything like that but it just didn't happen for them no Aaron Zone played well in the first half you know it was tit for tat but they never got ahead the way they needed to do so I think you could see that as well I think Owen Murphy who actually worked really really hard and got a couple of good hooks and a couple of blocks in but you know he snatched at a couple of efforts at goal and he ended up getting a yellow card kind of born out of frustration as much as anything else and you know and I think the way they played as well it kind of robbed them of the influence of James O'Flynn who's the anchor there defensive really really good club hurler but he was so far up the pitch he was too far away to impact the game you know he was so far up the pitch Blackrock were able to play around him and then he wasn't far enough back the pitch to help out his cornerbacks and I have to say I had a lot of sympathy for their cornerbacks you know because they were left you know one and one inside with two of the best forwards in Cork and you're just one good ball in away from disaster and it totally changes the way you play as a cornerback because you probably can't attack the ball as much as you'd like to because you've no one there to cover you so like if, if you lose one ball badly it's a goal you know so what you end up doing is like if there's a good ball played in in front of Robbie Carter or Alan Connolly you're kind of saying right I'm going to let him have the ball and I just want him to score a goal so you end up giving away kind of handy points because you're trying to defend the goal and that's a perfectly you're just firefighting all the time it's a perfectly understandable way to defend like you know you're nearly happy to give the the point away because you know there's nothing else you can really do and they're maybe lucky in a way that black rock didn't get enough forwards through enough times you know to get you know to be coming off the shoulder of Connie and cotter to really open you open you open which could have turned out to be a bit of a disaster now in general i think when aaron's own look back in the game like i think it would be very disappointed because i just don't think they did themselves justice and that's the hardest thing of all to take um when you lose a game you know you can go you can play you lose that's fine but if you can say you kind of played somewhere near capacity 
you know, at least you just lost. But when you go out and you don't play as well as you know you can, I think I think that's the hardest thing, a harder thing to mull over over the week, over the winter. Now, the obvious exception to that was Robbie O'Flynn, who's you know, who's a player who was good enough to operate in that tighter space. And he was he was sensational really on Sunday. He was a real, a real joy to watch. So look, it's a Arizona have had a great year, you know. Um and yeah, as I said, they're just going to be very disappointed about that that's the way it ended because it's not a reflection of everything that happened to them before in the championship. And that's the toughest thing to take over a long winter. As for Black Rock, well, they're, they're back where they were two years ago and they have a great balance to their team. That's, um, you know, the forwards mentioned already, you know, you've got your shooters with Conley, Cotter, DC and, and O'Halloran. You've got Shane and Marco Keefe then they bulk them up there as well, you know, it's such a great balance in their forward line. Uh, I know Mark Reeves kind of operated a small bit into midfield as well the last couple of games, but they got a great balance up there. Then the Cashman's in defence and, and Kyle Cormack, who's just a really top class wing back, I mean, one of their more, some most important players for the past couple of years. I actually remember, I've been on about this game about 100 times now, but that game against Charleville down in Bantier last year, he was sensational, the best player on the pitch. But they're going to be going into a county final full of confidence, you know, they're a physical team. They've won the county. They've plenty of experience. They've plenty of flair. And, uh, yeah, so they're back second final in three years. So uh, the Rockies are well and truly back, and they're beginning to reap the benefits of that incredible run of underage talent that they had a few years ago. Um, yeah, so looking forward to see how they get on in the final. And that brings us to the bars in Newtown. And if I said that Aaron Zone didn't do themselves justice, I think the same applies to Newtown Chandram. We'll talk about the Bears first though, because that first 18 minutes they played was was awesome. It was just awesome hurling. The interplay, the mix of short ball and long ball, the movement, the running off the shoulder, you know, the score taking, and just in general they were just doing the right thing with the ball nearly all the time. They defended well, you know, they had a good bite about them, their pockets were outstanding. It was an incredible 18 minutes of hurling. Like, you know, and when they tacked on that first six, seven, eight points, like you're just thinking, Jesus, a goal here, a new toner, a really goosed. And then the goal came, you know, a cracking goal as well. Connor Canaland, whose pace is just electric, you know, rattles through it, gives the perfect pass to Brian Hayes, and he just planted it, you know, uh, gave James Bowles no chance at all. And just to give you an idea of how um, accurate the Bears were uh, on Sunday, they got 11 from their first 13 shots at the goal. Okay, no, they had another wide, but it wasn't a shot. So from their 13 shots at the goal in the first half, they got 11, and they got 114 after their second 18 shots at the goal. So, like, they only had four shots that went wide. And that's an incredible accuracy to bring to a county semi-final. And, you know, it's really, really impressive. As I said already, you the pace of Conor Callan. Like, Ben Cunningham has really begun, begun to step up to the stage. I think the last uh, the last two games, the Sarsfields game, sorry, the last three games, you know, the Sarsfields game, the Douglas game, and again at the weekend, you know, beautiful strike off left, off right, very accurate. His freeze been outstanding. Um... And then his, his goal was a gorgeous goal, touch of class from Jack Callan, and he just planted it. It was a really good goal. You know, like Black Rock, they, they have great balance because with all those players I kind of mentioned already, you know, they have the, the, the other option of Brian Hayes inside there as well. Eaton Toomey was just everywhere, you know, in, in the first in the first um, in the first twenty minutes, three points. You know, and Buck you know, William Buckley, you know, was only doing the leaving sort of thing. He got a couple of nice points off play as well. Um, they did lose their way a bit after the red card, and to me, the red card looked extremely harsh. Now, it happened very quickly, and Colin Lyons made his decision very quickly. Um, things could have looked very different from the angle he sees. He was more behind the incident, so it might look different for him. Um, and it all happened so quickly, it all makes it very hard, but I thought it was very harsh uh, sending off. 
felt sorry for Conor Toomey as well because he's had a really, really great championship. Um, I don't think it really had a huge effect in the game, but like because because but at the same time, Newtown were always going to have a a, a period in the game where they're going to play well because. So when I said the Bears kind of lost away with it after the red card, it was a combination of two things. One, Newtown, who were a good team, who'd been extremely well coached, extremely well organised. Like they had to put it together at some stage. They they played, you know, you have to you can only look at the evidence in front of you, and they'd only they'd played so well in their first four games of the championship. You know, that wasn't their true level that we saw on Sunday. So they were going to come into the game to some extent. And at the other and the other side of that coin, then as well as the Bears couldn't keep going the way they were going. You know, no team can play for 60 minutes like that, particularly when you're playing against good opposition. Um, what happened to Newtown? I don't know. It might have been the occasion. You know, it might have got to them a small bit. You know, they got a bit shell shocked in that in that first twenty minutes. They just met a team as well who were just hit perfect form at the perfect time. And then again, I suppose you know they maybe just lacked the same balance of the team that the Bears have. Um, you know, and they never got their press going, and that's been the, their most impressive thing this year. Is their the way they were able to get into the opposition's faces? You know. You know, they've been able to upset the rhythm of the other teams through hard work and in turn creating space for their own players from that. Like even look at, you know, Jerry Lane has been a really good player for our championship. He went off early, he might have been injured now for all I know. But then again, the bars were running right in, in midfield. Um, but they never got that press going. They never got that kind of real intense kind of work rate going that they've had all championship. And when that happened then, that difference in balance became apparent. And the bars got the scores that they needed to put themselves in a position to win the game. Um, I think the Newtown players did okay. They got all their scores. You know, they fought to the end, and again, very much like Aaron's own. Um, they're going to look back really disappointed that they just didn't do themselves justice on the day because they're a better team than that. They showed that in every game they played in the championship to date. Um, and as I said, like the Rockies, they have that balance. You know, the the forwards, the sorry, like the Rockies, the Bears have that balance. You know, they have the the forwards that we spoke about. You know, throwing you know Damien Callan and Billy Hennessy and the talent they have from eight to fifteen. And uh, yeah, they're in, a, they're in a really good place. And um, afterwards, I had a very brief chat with Jerk Gunnion. And great balance as well, I thought, Jerk. I think he, he hit 225, and I think you're only five wide. So your, your efficiency in front of the post must have been a very pleasing aspect. Yeah, it was good. It was good all round. You know what I mean? As I say, take out the 10 minutes that we had there for before half time, and you would have to say, like, you know, we've got a pleasing performance. Look, semi finals, generally there to be won. That's what it's all about, just getting to the final. We, we, we have a chance now to play for the cup the next day, so we look forward to that. And I was looking, I think he last night semi finals between 93 and today. So, and I think the last one was Aaron's own, maybe, when you last time you were manager as well. So, I think we won that. It was one after that, I think, too. Okay. I think there was one more after that, but uh, yeah, it's kind of it's nice to get there. As I say, losing semi finals is, is, after all the years, work is horrible. So, but look, only, only two teams can get to the final, and we're, we're delighted to be there. And player, player last time, manager this time, so how? Uh, yeah, look, that's, uh, that's all part of it, you know. So, if I can give something back in, along with the lads that I have, given give me a hand, John Cremlin, Sean McCarthy, Billy Shea. Fergal O'Mahony, you know, Adrian O'Brien, all the backroom team, you know, and, and, and the supporting, the award supporting committee as well, you know, and the supporters in the club, you know what I mean? Look, uh, uh, everyone, that, you know, there's been massive work done over the years and, uh, you know, all those people can take, uh, t- you know, they can take a quiet moment to reflect tonight and they've played their part as well. And I must say, I thought that was a very nice way for Ger to finish there, um, the way he spoke about that, uh, you know, the, the people who put in the donkey work uh, over the past, you know, 30 years in the bars to try and be in the back to where they, they've been used to used to being over the years and it's special times out there at the moment you know you know the footballers kind of ended a long famine there a couple of years ago and, and, and got their second title uh, last year during the semi-final next weekend again against the Haven in the football also obviously specialised in Black Rock as well with Michaels 
um, in the semi-final again next weekend. Um, as Cunningham meant, as Joe Cunningham mentioned, it's the first their first final since '93 when he was in goal. I remember uh, those games, great games against Carberry after a replay. Um, they were one of the first few county finals I remember going to, I suppose. Um, in my mind, it was a beautiful sunny day, but that could just be nostalgia. But it's thought, I mean, you know, I was I, I I thought they might have lost five or six semi-finals since, but nine, I didn't realize it was so much. Um, you know, and I suppose the worst out of all those nine was probably Aaron's own in 2006, 2007. And the Rockies in '99, which is one of the the greatest uh, games I've ever been at in Cork hurling, the drawn game against the Rockies in '99. Um, hopefully that's something we can talk about maybe in the run up to the final. Um, and they were probably the two hardest ones to take. But it's you know this is important. To mention. I, I mentioned a minute ago about Black Rock, you know, reaping the benefit of the incredible underage uh, run of underage success they had a few years ago. But back in '93, when the Bears won that county. They won four under 21 counties around that time. They won the under 21 county in 1990, 1991, 1992, and 1994. You know, Michael Ryan, a great barrister, would have played a lot of those games, and he was still playing Junior B last weekend too. Um, and then you throw in the the great minor team in 97 and 98, uh, especially team in 97 that beat Newtown Challenge in that minor final up in Formai. And I think if you'd have told Barrisby at that time that, you know, they wouldn't, you know, that 93 would still be the last county they'd have won. They'd have laughed at you. So I think nobody knows more than them over the past few years that nothing is guaranteed. You know, they've got this next generation of great talent coming through and I still think they know that there's nothing guaranteed about all this. All this is, can change very quickly. Um, they'd obviously be hoping to buck that trend in three weeks' time. But I just thought that was an interesting point um, to make about it. They're going to enjoy the next three weeks. Um, I don't live too far away from them over here as well. So, um It'll be interesting to see how they go in a couple of weeks' time, but it's got the makings of a brilliant final. I think they'll probably look at the football next weekend with excitement, possibly a bit of trepidation as well, um, obviously because they want everyone to be available for the final. And But it's the first Rockies and uh, Bars final since 1982. Uh, the Bars did the double that year, so what does that mean? Absolutely nothing of all. Nothing at all, obviously. Um, but it's the second city final in three years, the first city final in my adult life that I'll get to go to, and it's kind of it's just incredible when you think about that, that what we were all, well, what people, not the younger people who might be listening, but what we were all being brought up on, you know, those big games between the Glen, the Bars and the Rockies, the stories we'd have heard from our, our fathers and our grandfathers, and that we haven't got to experience it. So much has changed in car curling uh, in the last 40 years, um, which is worth a podcast in itself at some stage. Um, there's an old, you know, there's a, there's a story about the historical value of the Chinese economy, uh, and its impact on world affairs that I could make a, a tenuous link to here uh, but I won't for today and instead we move on to the Senior A Championship um, as we look for and we leave the Bears and the Rockies we do a preview show in a couple of weeks time um, for the Senior A look it's all about Father O'Neill's and Corsi Rovers O'Neill's in their third final in a row and Corsi Rovers were chasing back to back promotions uh, like the Bears and the Rockies same as the Premier uh, you've got the two finalists coming out of the same group um which is pretty good. Both, both teams probably came out of groups of death, to be honest with you, because you had Blarney in that group in the senior A as well, and Killer, who were a good, tough team, the same as the Rockies came out of, and the Bears came out with the Rockies and Sars. Um, but we'll start with um, Corsi Rovers versus Formoy. And I suppose you're all, we, we, we mentioned, I remember saying to Ronan Corn about, you know, you're better off getting to a semi final or playing a quarter final, and it all depends on where you're at. So I think what we're going to see in the two semi-finals here, it's suited for O'Neill is because of their experience being there the last couple of years, whereas for my probably could have done with a quarter-final. It was a long wait for them. Corsi's 
you know, an improving team at this grade. It gave, it gave them another game, good tough game against Ballyhay that kind of got them more up to the pace of senior A hurling again, whereas for my were were waiting around. So I think that might have played its role in the game as well. Um we have to start with Sean Toomey talking about this game. He's got four goals, which is incredible. Uh, what makes it even more incredible is that he broke his finger with the first ball in, according to a fellow I was talking to uh, from back to Ballon direction the other day. And yeah, I think he did his thing, his bone coming out of the skin and everything. And despite all that, he went on and uh, scored four goals, which says a lot about him. And uh, I came up against Sean a good bit in, in school turning as well. He's an incredible talent, tough kid, very good player, um, you know, very physical. Gets a lot of injuries because of the way he plays the game as well. He's 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 very very tough and brave hurler, but uh, you know. And what else is a lot about him is that everyone knows that, of course, he will try and play a two man inside forward line, you know, to isolate Sean Toomey in the same way that the Black Rock isolated Robbie Cotter and uh, Alan Connolly. And despite all that, he was still able to do that, and he's still so hard to stop. And that probably gives you a good idea the quality of player Toomey is. Um, so like. You know that was the game. Really, was was his four goals. I think Sean Goheen said afterwards. I read in the paper that um, that the course these lads love championship hurling. Uh, I can attest to that. Unfortunately, after many experiences over the years, but there's a lot more to them that as well. I think there's a lot of talent in this course these team. You know, there's Toomey, obviously. There's Richard Sweetnam, Tyke Sullivan, who's probably not been at his best, but is meant to play a lot better at the weekend. Um, Jerry Neal came. You know, came on. Came on and and uh, on Friday evening, but he's a really good player too, and you know that'll help him. And then if Stephen Nine in goal, you know he's heading off to Sweden at the end of the championship. He's been a great server for courses too, and you know they're they're going to back themselves in the final. I remember in twenty eighteen, they got to the Premier Intermediate final. I remember I covered the beat um, of Addies after a replay. I, was, I covered both of those games, and like I thought, I thought Charlton would have much too much room in the final, but like they drew with them. It was like one twelve to nine points. And then they lost the, the replay by a point. And like that, you know, you're sick of me talking about Charlotte, obviously. You know what I think about them. But, like, you know, there's a lot of lads, the likes of Toomey and Sweetnam and O'Sullivan were young lads then. And, you know, that showed a glimpse of their quality back then. They're older now. They're better now. And i tell you one thing, courses are going to take an awful lot of beating in that final. They're a good team um, who have that will to die you know, uh, for want of a better term, that always stands to them. As for my, you know, it's the score. You just have to look at the scoreline, 5-14 to 14 points. Goals, goals, goals. The value of the goal, as we said last week, was very apparent apparent here as well. Um, they led by seven points to four, doing, doing okay. And then two goals just entirely changed the complexion of the game. You know, all of a sudden you're going from, you know, three points ahead, doing okay, to chasing the game. And the more you chase it then, the more you leave yourself open, you know, the more chance they are of conceding more goals and that's it then and that's what happened to them that's happened for my so I think for my could have done with a quarter final game um, you know but as I said before they're top class senior A team and they'll go back and rebuild and get ready for next year again and that brings us to Father O'Neill versus Boyd Rovers I watched uh, the stream back in this it went as expected I suppose um, Father O'Neill's are just too widely down the stretch really you know um, and again it was the goal that broke the game open and what an absolute pearl of a goal it was Great pass from Killian Broderick into Billy Dunn. Bang, a beautiful score. And it was part of a, a run from Father O'Neill's that saw them going from one point up, 15 points to 14, to 119 to 14 points. And that's the game. You know, there you go. That's the difference, you know, once you get to the latter ends of a championship, that bit of class is what gets you over the line. And speaking of Billy Dunn too, like, you know, he was a bit of a young prodigy. We'd all heard of his name when he was only 14, 15. You know, he's down in the middle in CBS. Um... 
But look, he really seems to be in his best form as an adult hurler. Yet. He's got five goals in this championship uh, and he's playing really, really well because it can be tough when you're that good, that young. You know, the pressure puts you under, the attention you get from the opposition and everything like that. But I just even seen, anytime I've seen him this year as well, he just seems to be enjoying his hurling too. I mean, the way he celebrated the goal and stuff on Saturday night was pretty good. You know, but O'Neill's, you know, they've freshened up the team as well. You know, big Jason Hankert, who was with um, CBS when they were in the Harty a couple of years ago. He's a handful, like, and he got a couple of points at the weekend. You know, uh, they've Decky Dalton and Jermyn Rick back who were missing last year. Um, they've young Sullivan and goal from the Cork Miners. You know, so you can look at the way they're going into the final in a couple of ways. You know, is there is there a lot of pressure on them because they've lost the last two finals? I don't think so. I think they're kind of different from that. I think their circumstances are different to maybe that of Castle Lions, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, because I think, you know, the first year, they didn't do much of losing to Charlton, an absolutely classic game. And I think last year, you know, going into the Cantorque game, you know, no Dalton, no Millerick. You know, I, I think what they did have expected to lose. That's that's not what I mean. But, you know, they were they knew they were up against it. They're going into the final in a very different mindset this year, and it's a, going to be a re, it's going to be a cracking game. I think that could be very entertaining, you know. So you're looking at, um, you know, Father Ian Corsi's. As for Bright Rovers, look, they're going to be much better for that experience. They have a lot of young lads still doing the leave and sort of going to be playing hearty down at Coleman's this year, you know. So they'll come. There's no doubt about that. They've learned an awful lot from this year, I think, and it's going to make them stronger in the long run. And they're going to be a real team to watch next year. And as for O'Neill's and Corsi's, it's it's a uh, you know they've they've played already. It was two twenty to nineteen points the last time again. The goals being the difference, but it's going to be really intriguing. You know, O'Neill's won the Premier Intermediate County twenty nineteen. Corsi's won it last year, and one of them will be Premier Senior next year, which is uh you know great days down in those clubs. I can't say I, I'm not jealous. Um, if we go down to lower grades, you're you're seeing some really really tight results, especially when we get down to Intermediate and Premier Junior, where you're going to see that like three of the four semi-finals went to extra time. But we'll start with the Premier Intermediate Junior Championship, and we'll start with Castle Martyr and Castle Lines. And that sounded like a stonewall classic, 224 to 317 points. Um, I don't know, I, I said it to a couple of friends of mine, that I think Castle Martyr might be made for Parky Keeve. Like, you know, they have a very, very strong spine, you know, um, with, you know, with, with, with more in full-back, Kieran Joyce, Mike Kelly, and... Um, you know, Big Joe Stack as well up front, you know. Um, they're very, very good up the middle like that. Um, and I think they have a nice mix of players. They're really, really, you know, you know, they have lots of momentum behind them for the last couple of years. They have the, you know, Joyce out of that spine is the standout player. Um, they have two counties, one. They have a bit of depth as well because of, you know, if you look at the interesting see both themselves and Dungourney are after making county finals this year. Kilta Oak, which is the amalgamation of those two clubs, have won a couple of Premier Two counties in the last three or four years. So there's good talent coming through in those two clubs at the moment. So they're doing something very right down there, you know, and they're freshening it up every year as well. So I think, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, Barry Lawton has got seven points off play. Like he's he's a brilliant player. Like you know, one thing that's going to be a concern for them going into the final is not having uh, Brian Lawton, who's been a tremendous servant to them, top class hurling Cork for the last ten years. And he's going to be a big loss to him. I don't, I don't think there's any chance he's going to be back for it. I think he's done ligament damage uh, in his ankle. Um, but uh, nonetheless, that's three county finals in a row for Castle Martyr, and that's just tremendous for them. They're going, they're going to be. Uh, I don't. You never get sick of that experience. It's just a magical time, lads, to be preparing for a county final. Um, as for Castle Lions, you know, I feel very sorry for Castle Lions. I don't think they've done much wrong over the past few years. They just haven't been able to get over that line. You know, the last last two finals, semi final this year. Um, 
sometimes that's your lot sometimes that's your destiny but you know looking at your age profile you're not old either you know so they still you know you know after the two final losses you know they weren't as impressive in the group stages this year they flew anthony spillane back he got you know he did really well he got two three two four you know colin barry only half fit i'd say going into it even though he played um but they're um you know they're young enough to come back and, and have a good lash of it and i'm sure they will too there's some fabulous hurdles down there um you know so that brings us to balanasca versus mascara and the first thing you can say about that game from my perspective is it showed me the absolute torture of trying to keep in touch with the game while abroad um, the end endless refreshing of the twitter feed waiting for any kind of news altogether what didn't help of course is that i thought games at half three so i was looking at my phone for the first 20 minutes saying why is there nobody tell me what's going on in the game i didn't realize the game was gone to four o'clock uh, but apart from that moment of stupidity um it was a torturous uh, hour and a half watching it on the phone. Uh, it's a tough loss for, for us. Uh, you know, it's two semi-finals in a row we've made. Both that were there to be won. Uh, we haven't got over the line in either, you know. But with a young team in general, you know, Dara Sullivan off injured as well. All those things, think things matter too. Um, and, you know, on my phone and on a bus uh, from uh, Sally went to Barcelona, I was like saying, when we were two points up, especially after maybe not using the wind that well in the first half, you know, it looked good, you know. Um, but it's funny then, the Twitter demons kicked in. There was a, a long pause for any type of an update and I had a bad feeling that something was after happening and unfortunately, uh, my feelings were correct. Um, bad, long waits for updates like that are never good. It was like playing championship manager back in the day. And the wait confirmed uh, my worst feelings because Colin Casey, who's got a great record against us and is a really, really, really good club player, um, and yeah, played a lot with Cork Intermediates as well. He got a goal, ball back down off the post. Good forward, reacts, was on about it with uh, Barry O'Driscoll last weekend in the football. It's Colin Casey this week, unfortunately for us, and he stuck it, and that's the ball game. I think then it was like, uh, starting with my dad, and there was like seven minutes of injury time. And uh, I think we, we went looking for goals. You know, probably a time to look for a couple of points, but you know, we probably didn't know there was that much injury time there. But look, you know, congratulations to Nascara. That's great win for them. They're having a great year. You know, they're getting the best out of Sean O'Donoghue, 740, got five points off play as well. Obviously, one of the best hurlers in the county. And, uh, yeah, you know, you know, great credit due to Paul McCarthy and his team. You know, they're done really, really well. They're well-organised, well-coached. And uh, it's going to be a clash of two unbeaten teams in the final. Um, that brings us down to the Intermediate A Hurling Championship. And as I said, already we mentioned about Kilta Oak and Dun Gourney. Um, had a great win over Sars. You know, Ryan Denny got seven points. Again, getting off to that good start. Very much like the Bars versus Newtown. They went up ten points. Nothing. I think Sars missed a good few frees. And just that just sucks the energy uh, out of a team. So, um, it's a great win for them. Uh, Jack Lee got six points then as well. Another one of that class of 2021 that we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks. Kind of coming of age. So, Don Gourney back in the final. Uh, where they would play Cludove. And this sounded like an all-time classic, um, one twenty-nine to three eighteen win over Liz Gould, which shows that sometimes goals don't win you games. You know, sometimes there's an exception to every rule. Um, but in saying that, Brian Burling's one was uh, key to winning the game as well. By all accounts, I think Liz Gould got a couple of goals to force extra time and, and got another one in extra time. I think to try and bring themselves into down the stretch. But once he ran in, Brian Burling was a good player. Um, that was that for them. They've been a good team for a while. And, you know, Liz Gould have come a long way very quickly. And, you know, good young talent coming through. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with at that grade for the next couple of years. Uh, track, um, 
So that's the Intermediate Day Hurling Championship. And finally, we'll have a look at the, the Premier Junior Championship. Um, we'll start with Tracton versus Kilbritton. Kilbritton, another one of those teams, maybe a bit like Castle Lions, a bit like Father O'Neill's, who've been at the top end of that championship for the last couple of years. And they're looking around out a bit at the weekend. You know, a late goal from Ronan Walsh, who's been a tremendous servant for Tracton. Uh, got a big score their last day in the quarter final as well. He got 12 frees here and struck for a goal uh, in injury time for this. Um, you know, but Tracton have another couple of good players. You know, Michael O'Sullivan, you know, he's going very well from the moment. John Good, good midfielder as well. And I, I think the new championship format has breathed life into lots of small rural clubs like Tracton. You know, when you think back to, it's not that long ago, we'd only three grades in Cork. And, you know, when you know promotion and relegation and, you know, you win your junior county, you win your intermediate county. And, you know, you, you've got that generation, you know, and we spoke about this last week, you've got that kind of golden generation of talent that comes through. And then when that begins to fade away and you just find yourself, you know, treading water, hanging in there. You don't want to go back down if you're intermediate. You don't want, you don't want to go back down junior because there's no guarantee you'll ever come out because the junior championships were so competitive at the time. That happened to us in Balanasig. It took us a long time to come back after regrading in the late 80s. Um, but I think the beauty of the new system as well is that you, you'll find your level naturally and you'll get yourself something to play for and it can breed new life into a club. I think that's happening to Tracton at the moment as well. And uh, Shane Brick is, is, is with them all the time as well. So, yeah, well done to Tracton. They're a tough old bunch down there as well, good people. Um, then, Bally Giblin versus Russell Rovers. I had a fellow tortured soul on the bus with me from Russell Rovers uh, keeping in touch with that game. And again, that's only like a, an absolute classic. 25 points to 119. Um, it, you know, Bally Giblin are on the crest of the wave. You've Mitchellstown in the football semi-final next weekend. Great to see Dara Flynn playing. He's been injured for since their run to the Munster final last year, really. And even before that, I think, came off the bench four points, including the sideline. You know, he's a guy we want to see fitting well. Um, I don't know what his long-term situation is, but like, he's, a, he's a touch of class. And uh, yeah, Ballygibbon are good. You know, they're a good team. And that's a that's an interesting final, Ballygibbon and Tracton. I'm looking forward to that. As for Russell Rovers, look, you know, they went, he won a junior county, got to an intermediate A, Final or lower intermediate final, I should say, the following year, lost to Castle Martyr, um, you know, losing Josh Bazang to an injury in, in during it. Then things kind of went, to, you know, during a relegation game then last year. But look, they're back in the semi final now this year. Didn't, you know, lost a tough tight game. They're a good team and they will be back too. So, small bit shorter this week because of uh, the lack of um, interviews and stuff. But uh, that's it. It was a great weekend. So, it's all about finals and hurling for the next few weeks. Looking forward to previewing them and getting a few people on to talk about them uh, a bit more time to do that now because there's less games obviously uh, next week it's all about football and um, looking forward to that too obviously and uh, we've only a few weeks left so you know looking at the program up to the jazz weekend it's going to be all over and that's not too far coming to hopefully the weather will hold so that it doesn't have too much of an impact on all of the games but look there's plenty to look forward to uh, congratulations to all the teams who made it to the final over the weekend and I look forward to talking to you all again next week. So, Shinnabhul, Gramil Magu, Magu, Fad, Slad, August Tuara.